0: Good afternoon, good evening, North stream. ready, this is eagle eyes on tech. I am Eagle Falcon. We've got a lot to talk about today. Admittedly, nowhere near as much as last week. Last week was just crazy. But we're gonna start off with uh, something that every single anti-appleist wanted to hear. There has been a vulnerability found on the Apple Silicon N1 chip. <gasps> That's right, the perfect unicorn on a chip has a flaw. Everyone rejoice, even though, like I've said, a lot of these vulnerabilities aren't that big a deal, and this one also isn't really that big a deal, really. The Miracles vulnerability, because, of course, every single one of these vulnerabilities for a CPU must have some quirky, catchy nickname to it, because why would it not? This one... Pretty much is just, well, it allows multiple applications to run under an OS and exchange data between them. And as a result, you can go ahead and uh, have a background piece of malware run in the background and exchange data with the application running in the foreground. Whoops, and because it is a vulnerability that is baked into the silicon itself with this wonderful feature, which is being used as an exploit with the right software, there is no way to patch it out without making a brand new chip. So this vulnerability exists on all Apple Silicon M1 chips, and let's be honest, it's whatever. The concept of a program. Stealing data from another program. There's a very simple solution to this. Don't open. Suspicious links. That's pretty much it. And even then. You've got to specifically target. The device for this sort of thing. Now in the case of. Mac this actually can be much easier to do you just make your malware for Mac OS and eventually eventually you're going to find an M1 Mac since you know the chip variance between Macs is you know really low and considering the fact that every single Apple device in existence is going to be running an M1 chip by the way bold prediction number 628 and it's going to be the most obvious one in the world the next iPhone Pro which is most likely to be called the iPhone 13 Pro is going to run an M1 I know only bold predictions on this podcast it's it's the it's the most obvious prediction out there, right? If they're gonna throw this overkill chip into an iPad, of course they're gonna throw it into the iPhone. The real question is, how hot will it get? Probably not very. Considering, in fact, it runs in a MacBook Air passively. So, what can you do? Not much, really. And really, all this go- all this is is just saying, Aha! See? Max do get viruses! Yeah! Even though Max have gotten viruses since the dawn of time. It's kind of funny how much of a big deal this thing tried to be. And even the makers of the site. Someone made a site the the discoverers of the vulnerability made a site called miracles.com except the one except the I is replaced with a one here that's at the top should you be worried probably not smooth although there's a different kind of vulnerability that was much much more interesting there was an iPhone app That forced you to leave a good review. And if you tried to leave a bad review. It would just not leave the review. And just close the app. In order to use the app, you had to leave a good review. Uh, Plenty of users were so uh, offended, and I would be too, they were so offended by this prospect of the app saying, say good things about us, or else I won't let you use me, or like threaten to stab you with this car key I found, I don't even know what the... Oh, now I recognize, I recognize the T thing on, on this car key now. I know exactly what it goes to. Anyway, plenty of people still left negative reviews about this feature by just doing this crazy newfangled thing called going to the App Store website, finding the name of the app, and leaving in a bad review manually. And guess what? It led to the app not only getting a bad score overall, because enough people were justifiably so annoyed by this feature, and then on top of that, Apple was also not amused with this feature and pulled the app. But here's my question. If Apple goes ahead and makes app developers wait two to three weeks and has their app gone through with a fine-tooth comb because they want to make sure that only the cream of the crop that the entire iOS experience and their walled garden only has... Most fantastic apps, and that everything is smooth like butter. Then, how the heck did this get through? You know, this whole, whole thing would have been caught if they opened the app. That's all they had to do open the app, and they would have found this nonsense built into the app. Where was this story during the arguments of the Apple versus Epic Games case? This would have been amazing fodder for Epic Games. Because this absolutely shuts down the argument that Apple needs absolute control over their app store in order to ensure that iPhone is the best, uh, the, the best, experience that can possibly be Uh uh-huh yeah is that it well good job here's a fun one though there is a webkit bug that apparently has been around for a while That if you go ahead and reach a suspicious page that has this exploit on Safari, it can absolutely force crash Safari and potentially also install code on the Apple device. This has been around for a while. This has been there for almost a full month, in fact. Possibly even over a month. And it has been a known flaw. And according to security experts, it's one that can be easily fixed. And Apple has yet to fix it! Oh... Good going. Good going, Apple. Good going. Speaking of the Apple versus Epic Games case, uh, the Apple versus Epic Games case is nearing its end, by the way. And unfortunately, these two gems that Epic wishes they had has not... uh, did not make it into the case because, of course, they've been working on all their arguments, you know, several months ago. But, of course, the trial is made re- its final moments so we can get a decision and find out if the Epic Game Store can exist on Apple devices. Because, let's be honest, no matter how much... Everyone wants to come up with a some crazy conspiracy theory that Microsoft was behind this to create a great blow against Apple, despite the fact that Microsoft has no skin in the mobile game, like, at all. Think about that for a second. Microsoft has more hardware. It has more hardware in the mobile space than it does software. No, actually, I take that back. Depending on how you weigh it, there, there. I, I, I take that back. I did forget that Microsoft actually does have a keyboard in the Apple App Store as well as, of course, Office Mobile. So that, you know, if you want to lie to yourself and think you can do, type an essay on your phone, you can. You can't, by the way, but you can. And Outlook, of course. But there is no Microsoft... ...platform at all. There just isn't. They just have mobile versions of some of their office apps and a web app of their office apps because they are banking heavy on uh, office 365 going places even though that's actually one thing I haven't heard has anyone actually heard of any business using office 365 as their primary way of conducting business I've heard of people using Microsoft Teams, which also seemed unlikely. I have yet to hear anyone using Office 365. Now, I admit that could just very well be that no one wants to admit they use Office 365. But for something that Microsoft has banked big on, the Office name lately has just been... Gone. Completely. Just. Poof. Someone in chat says that's likely the case. No one wants to admit it. No one wants to admit they paid for Microsoft branded Google Docs. At our place, we just use OpenOffice. And then instantly I'm going to get floods of messages saying, you use open office, Libra officer bust. You have no idea the kind of mistake you've been to makings. Someone in chat sa- says no one's going to admit it because c- that means they've admitted to paying year after year after year after year. You know, I would have thought that too except people admit that they have been paying the the yearly subscription for the adobe creative suite which to me still feels like a bigger scam than office 365 But, you know, as a wise man once said, rationalization is the second strongest human drive. You're going to go ahead. You're going to make your bad decision and you're going to use whatever you can, no matter how illogical it is to justify making your bad decision. The thing is that there are other alternatives to the Adobe Creative Suite. Heck, The one I use, my weapon of choice when it comes to video editing for my stuff at twitch.tv slash Eagle Falcon is Sony Vegas. Granted, not the best video editor in the world, but it easily gets the job done and then some. But at the same time, I mean, once you're used to a tool, you're used to a tool. So when they decide to change you up from, you know, pay once and you're set. Set until you want newer features. To. Pay us a boatload of money. Every year. What can you do? Have, Have I gotten off topic enough? I think I've gotten off topic enough. So. Of course. The closing arguments. Have been made in the epic. Versus Apple trial. And well the best we could see from this is that at least the judge from what uh, com is saying is not amused with the case that Apple has put forward and quite frankly who's really surprised now that being said Actually, I don't know this for certain. I don't know who actually is making the decision in this trial. Now that I think about it, I actually don't. I, I don't know if it actually is the judge him, him or her. I don't know. The self that is making the decision... Is there some kind of j- jury in this? I actually am not sure. Regardless, I do believe that uh, this decision is going to go in favor of Epic Games, which is, well, it's going to change the way that literally every single phone is run. Unless the decision goes Some sort of... Let's put it this way. If Apple wins straight up. Nothing changes. And... Well, it could force... No, I take that back. Nothing's going to change on on the iPhone. On Android. It could mean that a lot of the third-party stores you might see in future Android updates start being phased out. If Epic wins, not much will probably change on Android. And what will end up happening on iOS will change literally everything. Because it'll mean alternate stores can be made. It means that... A lot of the reason for jailbreaking your iPhone... May in fact... Start to... Fade away. What was the name of the jailbreak store? What was it? Skadia? I want to say? I want to say that was it, but... It sounds too much like Stadia... Which is why I feel like it might be wrong that I'm mixing up two words. You could start seeing that those kind of stores popping up on iPhones. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. More than likely, we're going to get a decision next week. We will, of course, report on it and talk about what it can, what it might or might not mean. Meanwhile, in Other parts of what the heck am I reading during the case, for whatever reason, and I'm not entirely certain why I'm going to admit, I did not watch the whole case. I only read the stories about the case because I have too much of a life to go ahead and stare at a bunch of people in suits going. My client, blah, 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 said his client, blah, 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 blah. Todd, sweetie, smokes, blah, 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 blah. I just don't care. But apparently during during that point, Apple said at some point that Roblox doesn't make games. Roblox, if you somehow don't know, is the company that is responsible for the game Roblox. And Roblox is well they Ro, Ro, Roblox is kind of like Minecraft, but not quite. It's hard to describe what Roblox is. Most of us just know Roblox as the uh, as the game where the oof sound effect comes from. But the thing is, is that after Apple during the case said that the Roblox developers don't make games, as though Roblox got threatened in a back alley deal of some kind, on Roblox's own website, the word game has been replaced with the word experience all across the website. Um, Roblox, if, if you, if you are being forced under duress, uh, please blink three times. I'm just saying there's why, why would you make this change? Unless there was some kind of, you know, freaking little jab with a fork from Apple or something. Like, something about this just makes no sense. Why else make this change unless someone kind of just glared at you and said, you're making this change, whether you like it or not. Or maybe it wasn't a threat. Maybe it was just like, Okay, okay, look. Um hey Roblox, our lawyer in this case made a really really made a really really stupid statement. Um here's 5 grand. If you could just go on the website and change the word game to experience, that'd be great. Maybe it wasn't duress. Maybe maybe it was just a bribe. All I know is that Roblox is still a game and there is not much Apple can say to change that we're going to take a break here when we come back we have some very interesting google news including uh the release of their long rumored fuchsia os (laughs) welcome back eagle eyes on tech I'm Eagle Falcon. I asked during the break to the chat, would you rather pay for Office 365 or pay for Adobe Creative Suite? And the only answer I got out of it was, your question has the same vibe as, do I want to cut off my arm with a chainsaw or put my leg in this wood chipper? Welcome to the world of corporate decisions and the absolute Awful software environment we're in right now. I, I I blasted. Pretty much every. Single outfit that went this model. But lo and behold. Look at what we're in now. Because everyone just went along with it. At least in the case of Microsoft, they still do make the standalone versions. It's not like Adobe where they decided, you know what? Forget buying your software, you lease it now. I paid 300 bucks once for Sony Vegas 6 years ago. No regrets. But then I know someone who wants to justify their spending of the Adobe Creative Suite fee every month would go but but if you take that 300 and divide it by the number of years you used it that's just $50 a year and that and I do that right now and my version is up to date and I get all this other stuff so it's actually a value to which I say you might be right but Here's my counterpoint. By using that logic, my monthly payment goes down the longer I use my software. And then on top of that, I do not have to suffer victim to Adobe suddenly deciding that they're going to go ahead and make radical changes to the software. And now my mission, my time sensitive project now has. Now is completely on hold as I relearn the entire UI because Adobe changed everything. Just saying. Actually, I think the cost of uh, Vegas actually went down. I think it's now like two hundred for the standard version, which was what I have, and the Super Pro version is what? Which one do I have? Do I actually have standard or Pro? I have Pro. Never mind. I think my cost went up. Anyway, getting back to the actual show, the little big planet servers have been targeted for attacks. I just have to ask why. Why would anyone want to attack the little big planet servers? Well, in this case, all the hackers did was just go ahead and post offensive in game messages. That's it. It was literally, not figuratively. Literally. Just a 4chan B style attack. And that's it. And it took the entire game offline for a couple of days. Whoops. Someone in chat asked, wasn't there a big thing a few years back about how Adobe ha- had the list of pa- passwords for all its user accounts in, in unencrypted plain text? Um... I'm not going to lie. There were a metric ton of outfits that had huge password and account database leaks cuz all the data was stored in plain text. I can't remember if Adobe was one of them or not. We actually did report on it back then. It was like it was like 3 or 4 years ago. And like every week Every week I'd open up the show and say, Hey, Yahoo had all your passwords in plain text or, and I actually don't remember if Yahoo did or not, or PayPal had all your passwords in plain text. Again, can't remember if PayPal actually did or not. This was years ago, but it seemed like every week for like four months straight, I'd come on here and talk about how there was just comically bad security on passwords. Heck, you want to know something that still blows me away? So many of these outfits had uh, unencrypted plain text. I run, granted it's like offline right now because I wrecked the cables and and haven't gotten around to fixing them and no one's griped me about it. I've run Ragnarok online private servers. And that software... Stores everyone's account usernames and data and passwords in an encrypted SQL database. My freaking game server stored passwords better than some of these multi million slash billion dollar companies. And that's a game server made of jank. Still is just head-shakingly, what the heck? Kind of like how Google is ending their free unlimited photo storage on all tiers. So for the longest time, if you had a Google Pixel phone, one of the features of it was that you had unlimited, high-quality, uncompressed photo storage. Even though that was a lie, it was clearly compressed, you could tell. Assuming you were an expert in this sort of thing. But, you, but by having a Pixel phone, you had unlimited cloud storage. Starting June 1st. So, you know, if you're listening to this podcast when it actually goes out uh, tomorrow. All Google photo accounts will have a maximum size limit. So, you have a couple of options. One, go onto your Google Photos account, if you have a metric ton of photos on there, and make a backup of the photos you want onto a local hard drive. Or, you can go get a 42U rack, go onto eBay, find a whole bunch of used enterprise-grade servers, and build your own cloud. Yeah, Now you can go ahead and have your own unlimited cloud data storage. And all it'll cost you is hearing the loud whine of a 42U rack stacked to the brim and an additional $600 a month minimum on your power bill. It's genius. I'll show you Google for taking away my cloud storage. Real talk though, don't do that thing I just said in case you somehow thought that was the right thing to do even I don't have that many servers that that's just silly that's just silly in the head so yeah go on your google photos account make a backup if you have a if you've been taking advantage of the unlimited storage of them and of course go and take a look at what you have access to and what you don't Meanwhile, in another corner of Google, we have Google Fuchsia. What is Google Fuchsia? Google Fuchsia is what was rumored and actually announced long ago, like three Google IOs ago, to be the replacement of Android. See, Android is a... It's always been kind of looked at as a very inefficient operating system. Like you have needed some serious arm horsepower to run Android smoothly. And as far as efficiency goes, but but here's the, here's the funniest thing. When it comes to the raw power in an Android phone versus an iPhone on paper, the Android phone should win every single time without fail. The problem is that the Android operating system has been holding back Android phones for a long, long time. That's why you've seen way back in the day, phones that have needed like four gigs of RAM while the iOS gets away with half a gig. It's because Android wasn't efficient. Now that's been getting better. And also just the fact that, you know, our phones have had just dumb amounts of ram just because they can. Heck, my phone right here has got how how much ram does this phone have actually now that I think about it? Is there any easy way to check? Just go to about phone. Nope, I have no idea. It's probably, it's some, it's something really dumb. I think it's like 12 gigs of RAM, 16 gigs of RAM. It's something that's just ridiculous. It's like about as much as a modern desktop nowadays. I don't know if anyone from chat wants to get, get the info. It is a Samsung Galaxy S21 Ultra. But in any case, Fuchsia was announced not all that long ago. It's 12 gigs of RAM. Okay. I just went ahead and just quickly Googled. Anyway, Fuchsia was supposed to be the replacement for Android. And finally, finally, Google Fuchsia has revealed itself to us. And it's running on... That was the worst um, fake drum roll ever. It is running on the Nest Hub. What is the Nest Hub, you might ask? Um, Have you ever heard of an Echo Show? It's the Google equivalent of the Echo Show. It is basically a small stationary tablet that acts as a smart speaker. I mean, good to see it exists, but at the same time. Wow. Wow. Just. Just wow. That is a very. Very underwhelming to see it just kind of just on a screen that basically shows the time most of the time, except when you want a cooking recipe. Oh, in either case, I mean, it's out in the wild. We'll have to see what else is on it. Someone wants to know if they can watch watch, twitch.tv slash Eagle Falcon on it. I don't know. You can actually watch Twitch streams on the Echo Show. I have never tried. What I want to know is, can I watch WhatsApp get sued by the Indian government on an Echo Show? There is the real question there is a bird that is on my windowsill that i swear is chirping right into the duct of my ace of my ac unit and it is very distracting i don't think you guys can hear it on the mic Pardon me just wants to turn on the ac long enough to just scare it in fact i'm going to It did not work. Where were we? Oh, yeah. India is is suing WhatsApp. So here is the situation on this. So WhatsApp, by the way, owned by Facebook. Important detail in all this. But here's the best part. So first I want to clarify, because I think I actually misspoke. It is not the Indian government suing WhatsApp. It's WhatsApp suing the Indian government. I want to clarify that here real quick. But basically, India is trying to say that... I want to make sure I actually get this right here. The Indian government wants to to say that um, these apps must be able to provide tracking information on its users if requested by the government. WhatsApp is not amused with this at all. They want to make sure that all the data they collect can only be used for themselves. Wait, no, it's it, no, it's a privacy chat. They they want to make sure that that no, that no information is mined at all. Yeah, that's it. That's that's why Facebook uses WhatsApp to not track anything. That was sarcasm, by the way. So WhatsApp is suing based on that, to which I say, good luck. Good freaking luck with that. In the meantime, though, let's go a little bit further into the East. Let's head over to China, of which a lot of sources are starting to suspect that China is going to ban all Bitcoin mining in the country soon. So now all the Bitcoin miners that operate in China are going to be forced to go underground or sell all of their rigs. Which, here's the thing. Does this include other cryptocurrencies? And that's an important bit of information because it includes other cryptocurrencies. You know what's going. You know what that's going to mean. It's going to mean there's going to be a flood of Ampere-based GPUs flooding the market. That could actually be great news. Speaking of great news, there's a new leak on the RTX 3080 Ti, and we have a picture. Anyway, AMD is is expected to be revealing their AM5 platform very, very soon. And the biggest thing about this new platform is, of course, that it's a new socket. Finally, AMD is switching off the AM4 so- socket, which was... I can't remember the actual... What is the acronym for for, for the socket style that AMD has been using? The one where the pins are on, on the chip and the motherboard ha- has the socket that the pins go into. PGA! I just saw they had it on their... Uh, on, on this article, which was fantastic. They're going from PGA, which means the pins are on the chip, and the motherboard socket has the holes of the pins going to, to an LGA socket. This is the LAND grid away. This means that the processor has a whole bunch of gold contact pads. And the motherboard has the pins. This is the kind of layout you see on pretty much Intel since 2004, I think. But basically Intel's been using using the same style for a long, long time. And also AMD has two. Their Threadripper CPUs have been LGA. They've just used a very unique style of mounting it where there's like a processor sled that ends up going down on, on the thing. Honestly, I for one am a big fan of the switch to LGA. Because it's much harder to damage the pins on a motherboard than it is to damage the pins on... the actual processor itself i have no idea what that audio glitch was there but you know that that happened apparently so is there anything else of note on it well am5 the next gen amd processors is not going to have pci express gen 5 it's still going to be pci express gen 4 let's be honest That doesn't matter. We haven't even come close... To even needing anything that requires PCI Express Gen 4. By the way, the reason why we're even mentioning PCI Express Gen 5 is because... Intel's next-gen chips... Are supposed to support PCI Express Gen 5. Despite the fact that we're only just now starting to use PCI Express Gen 4... But we still can't even saturate what PCI Express Gen 3 can do, unless you're a crazy lunatic person using a PCI Express Gen 4 SSD and decide to move your entire YouTube library from one drive to another. Like, for the most part, the only people who have been making use of PCI Express Gen 4 are synthetic benchmarks, and that's it. It's kind of comical. Just how how uh, sought after PCI Express Gen four is right now by enthusiasts, and no one can even use it. You really can't, even on the new GPUs. It's just like, but they're PCI Express Gen four. They're for they need PCI Express Gen Gen four on it. That that's just logical. There's no difference. There really isn't. We're gonna take our next break here. When we come back. A big change coming to the USB-C standard that is going to... Well, it's going to change a lot for a lot of high-end laptops. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. How you do. I'm Eagle Falcon. All right, so first up, as we reach the home stretch here, USB-C is going to be getting a power upgrade. So right now, the USB-C spec only supports up to 100 watts, and you actually rarely see a whole lot of devices even go up to that. The most common one I see for USB power delivery is 60 watts in fact my massive anchor battery packs I usually carry one on me in fact just in case can deliver up to 60 watts which you know is more than my phone requires my phone only draws I think 30 but it is extremely helpful for uh, this one tablet I have that I love the um the a used lenovo thinkpad x1 tablet that i got windows 10 tablet runs pretty much any sort of basic windows application flawlessly and that sucker charges over USB C. so i basically got a small laptop that you know is tablet sized and i can power it with pretty much any usb-c charger and this portable battery it's a great feature to have especially if you're going if especially if you know you're going to be out for you know a while gonna be gone all day and then some change bring a portable battery with you you're set in fact the concept of just having from a road warriors point of view just having a handful of usb chargers It makes everything simple because it doesn't matter whether you plug in your phone to it or your laptop to it or this, that and the other thing. The USB-C standard causes the device to communicate with the charger and say, hey, I be a Samsung phone. Give me 30 watts and charger be like, "Okay, here's your 30 watts and everything's happy. That's what the standard goes with. But, you know, 100 watts that pretty much limits you to basically a mid range laptop. Now, let's say, you know, you're going on a road trip and you want to go ahead and have a high-end laptop. You want a gaming laptop so you can go ahead and you can broadcast your road tripping live out there on the Twitch, on the Twitches or whatever. Or let's say, you know, you just, let's say, let's say you're on a road trip and when you're not driving, you want to go ahead, set up your laptop and like stream. Or just play some sort of games. Well. You pretty much need to have a proprietary charger. Since the USB-C standard only goes up to 100 watts. Until now. The USB-C standard is going to be getting an upgrade up to 240 watts. Once. The new standard for USB-C is out. This means if the charger supports 200 supports 240 watts, the cable is rated for 240 watts and the device needs 240 watts, it can all work. 240 by the way, there it's no there's a reason why they picked 240. Pretty much every gaming laptop in existence comes with a 240 watt charger the only exception being those crazy lunatic ones that use a desktop cpu and have a hair dryer built into it instead of normal fans so the upgrade to 240 watts fan fantastic someone in chat says they need 250 watts no you don't I'm telling you right now, if you have a gaming laptop, I guarantee you, your charger is either 180 watts, 210 watts, or 240 watts. There are a handful out there that are even stupider and have a 320 watt brick, or if it's the Alienware Area 51M, it has two 240 watt bricks. Because of course it does. That's possible. And in fact, on that same sort of logic, assuming they can find a way, they might just go ahead and say, hey, here's your charger. Just hook up these two, and I'll give you what you need. So I, for one, am all for this. The thought of. Keeping everything when you're traveling down to just one plug for charging. Very, very nice. That being said, though, I mean, if you're at a convention center like the last time I had to think about this sort of thing. You're probably going to leave your big mobile workstation at home. Now, while that's all going, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, apparently we are getting closer and closer and closer to ARM-powered gaming rigs. Apparently, Windows 10 is going to be adding additional support for x86 emulation on ARM-powered PCs. And supposedly, according to reports, this is actually working fairly well alright well that could be interesting but you know I'm seeing how well x86 emulation is going on Mac I'm not interested like at all I've said it once and I'll say it again I am interested to see what Apple's ARM powered desktops look like more than just the the super thin iMac. But right here's the thing right now, as far as ARM versus x86, ARM is great at power efficiency. That's it. Because if you take a proper. X86 processor. It is going to smoke. The ARM chip. And I don't care how much Apple Kool-Aid you drink. You pin. An AMD Ryzen against the Apple M1, the Ryzen's going to win. Period. It almost it doesn't matter how much special sauce you run. ARM is getting more powerful, but it's not there yet. And I got a feeling the gap is going to increase even more. As more and more people try to use ARM chips and find all sorts of problems. I mean, heck, look at the I.O. problem that Apple has right now. But of course, the initial benchmarks are, are great and the handful of Apple apps you use are working fine. You try to use anything beyond that, you are S.O.L. And the X86 emulation on Apple is just abysmal. There's no other way to say it. But of course, because it's Apple, we just ignore that and go, Oh, but everything's fine. Everything's fine. Because Apple, if, if it's if it's wrong, I'm wrong. It's not Apple that's wrong. And it's that kind of mentality that just kind of makes me shake my head. Because a real fan of anything is going to call out that thing when they mess up. Except Apple fanboys. I'm sorry, but I've seen what ARM gaming looks like. ARM gaming looks pretty much like what my phone looks like, and I hate it. I just... mm. We'll see how things go. We'll see how things go, especially since, you know x86 is not like it's going to go and slow down and get stagnant anytime soon. You've got AMD cranking out new designs year after year after year. And now you got Intel fighting for survival that just fired half their crew and hired so many big, big names that were in the business not all that long ago they're responsible for major breakthroughs and they're back at it to say that x86 is going to just get surpassed by arm one day perhaps but that day's not today it's not tomorrow and it's not even next year and then of course you know it's not that any of that matters since i mean can you name a good arm device that's not a mac right now that's not your phone arm on windows has just been awful they need to get that down first before they start con- before people start going to just like arm gaming pcs are coming soon I'm sorry, chat. iPad is, in fact, an Apple device. It, I feel like I'm talking to Patrick. No, Patrick. Mayonnaise is not an instrument. The Switch. We'll get to the Switch in a minute. Consoles are a different animal just because consoles, consoles are fine-tuned for one set of hardware. And it's for that reason that they get fantastic efficiency. Because just like we expect this one chip, no other possible chip, just this one. Maybe another one that we'll call Pro later on, but it's just this one. Whereas PCs, they have to account for a metric ton of variables. The Surface Duo, by the way, remember the Surface Duo? That is the Microsoft phone that folded up like a book and has two screens that sold for $1,400. Well, uh, well, that, that flopped because it was $1,400 with outdated specs. Well, now that same device is available for $700. Mm, it's, uh, it could, uh, I don't know. That That's like a big could-be-good, could-be-not. But. But. Here's the big thing with the Surface Duo. Not only did it get a big price drop, but it now has a new trick up its sleeve. The Surface Duo now has access to the Xbox X cloud and it's specifically a software for it to use one of the screens as a touchscreen controller and the top screen as the actual main screen. Effectively, Microsoft has accidentally made a $700 Xbox DS. So I mean, hey, if you if you need a phone, you want to try and pretend you can do some gaming on it with with XCloud that may or may not be good depending on your location. You know, hey, it might actually be compelling. It's it's not the worst idea in the world. I for one go, hey. You do that. Let's see how it goes. Let's also see how the next generation of Windows go goes. There is going to be a bit... We There's been rumors about it, but it is now pretty much being made official. There's going to be a major Windows 10 overhaul that is going to be called Sun... Or at least have the code name Sun Valley. A lot of the features, as we've been talking about, from Windows 10X are going to be built into it, including dual-screen support, as well as all sorts of other features for smaller mobile devices and of course additional support for arm on windows so that's to be coming out soon of course because it's microsoft they said they're gonna be doing a metric ton of ton of internal testing and then in typical microsoft fashion they will then ignore that send it out in a public beta a bunch of people will test it and then a whole bunch of bugs will be missed. They'll be sent out, which means that all of you should not download it at all. Be ready for a, for a Windows update soon, TM, that is going to make your life an absolute nightmare. Because that's what we needed, right? We need a Windows update to ruin our lives. While Microsoft is making devices to make making major updates to ARM as well as also turning making a DS, Valve is going to be making a switch. The project internally is being called the Steam Pal and is going to be a Nintendo Switch like device running Linux. No word if it's going to be running the old school Steam OS that, uh, is it bad I kind of miss Steam OS? I actually, actually do miss Steam OS. Like, it was kind of bad, but it was a cool concept. I kind of wish it went places, but it didn't. But the idea of a Linux powered gaming device that is Switch like, you know, that could be interesting. We've been seeing a lot of uh, IndieGoGo people make six, seven, eight, nine hundred dollar x86 based PCs running AMD or Intel CPUs that you could do like esports titles on. I'm curious to see what Steam's going to do. I am legit curious. Meanwhile, Nintendo, oh, Nintendo, 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 there are even more rumors about the Nintendo Switch Pro. Now, stop me if you heard this before. Nintendo is going to be releasing a, quote, pro version of the Switch. Theoretically being called the the Super Nintendo Switch. And this sucker will have a 7-inch OLED screen. Run games at 720p, but when docked, output them at up to 4K. Running the new NVIDIA ARM-based SoC with NVIDIA Ampere GPU. Which, of course, will feature its super sampling technology which will allow a high-resolution 4K output while first rendering it in a lower resolution, such as 720p, allowing this whole thing to even be possible in the first place. People said stop the moment I said the word Nintendo in the chat, by the way. The new part about this is that it is going to be announced at the... Nintendo's own digital showcase which will of course no doubtedly be called the Nintendo Direct because that's how Nintendo do and will also feature the uh, feature updates regarding The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2 and long awaited Metroid Prime 4. Honestly this could have easily been suspected just because well let's be honest it's been a while since we heard anything about it and E3 is coming up. Now, this is all well and good, right? Updates about Breath of the Wild 2, fantastic. Metroid Prime 4, it's been a while. What have you been doing, Nintendo? Fine, let's hear about it. Nintendo Switch Pro. Theoretically, could be released in September or October. You're not going to get one. You want to know why you're not going to get one? Not a single one of you listening to me right now is going to get a Nintendo Switch Pro. Do you know why? Can anyone tell me why not a single person is going to get the Nintendo Switch Pro? It's not because, quote, Everyone already has a Nintendo Switch. It has nothing to do with the fact that it's gonna be better than the Switch Lite. It's because the SOC runs on Ampere Graphics. Which means that it needs new chips, which means it's gonna be a modern chip process, which means it's gonna be susceptible to the to the historical chip shortage which is why freaking everything that uses electricity is in short supply are going up in price. They're estimating the chip shortage is going to be going on until June of 2022. What the heck makes you think you're going to get your hands on one on launch day? There's going to be a grand total of seven in the world. I'm just going to put standard settings on here. You notice I gave the NVIDIA 3080 Ti the Dacia Sandero treatment because that's all it deserves. You're not going to be able to buy one. Why would I make an exception for the Nintendo Switch Pro? But that's all you see. For multiple days, everyone getting hyped up. Oh, Switch Pro, Switch Pro. Oh my God, Switch Pro. I can't wait to get a Switch Pro. I can't wait to get a Switch Pro. Well, you better wait. Because I'm telling you, there's only going to be a dozen that are going to be buyable. And I guarantee you, all 12 of them are going to be in the hands of scalpers. And I hope you're ready to pay four grand for them on eBay. Because that's what's going to happen. Because, of course, there is a massive chip shortage. Someone in chat says in before the Switch is using chips that are already in except they can't because if it is in fact using Ampere graphics to do the 4k output rendering at 720, which is the whole basis, the whole reason the Switch Pro is getting hyped up in the first place to be able to render at 720p and then use the AI of Ampere to bring it up to 4k. If they're doing that, they cannot use an old fab process. They simply cannot. We can lie to ourselves. But that's all it would be. It'd be lying. There are very few things that I'd say are a guaranteed thing in life. I guarantee you. Almost no one is going to be able to get their hands on a Switch Pro this year. Not unless some of these fabs finish their plants a year ahead of schedule. Because that's the only way it's going to happen. So I hate to throw ice-cold water on the Nintendo Switch Pro hype train. But I gotta be honest. If I'm not honest with you guys, then I am no better than The Verge. I am no better than many of the other tech outlets. And it's for that reason, I have to tell you, hey, you're going to have a problem. And this is the problem. Borderlands 3, sticking in the gaming world, is going to be getting cross-platform play on all platforms except PlayStation. So basically Borderlands 3 is getting cross platform between PC and Xbox. Sony PlayStation unfortunately for whatever reason in their own little walled garden does not allow cross platform according to Randy Pitchfork who uh I'm not a fan of Randy Pitchfork I I just am not. I, I think he is absolutely needs to go inside Gearbox. Just an absolute incompetent CEO. But oh yeah, I'm sorry. Borderlands 3 is also on Stadia too. Don't get Borderlands 3 on Stadia. Save your money. Do literally anything else with it. I forgot Stadia existed. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Thinking about other platforms. I forgot Stadia is technically a platform. Actually, that also means that if you got uh, Borderlands 3 on uh, the cursed store known as the Epic Game Store, you can now play with people on Steam as well. I think that could have been a theme- thing before, but now it is 100% confirmed. You can play with anyone on any platform except PlayStation. Honestly, though, Borderlands 3 is a fun game. It's just the main storyline is just awful. And it really is on a story driven game like Borderlands for the main plot to be terrible. That's not good for the game like at all, which is such a shame. It really, really is a shame. All right. Well, now that I'm thoroughly depressed thinking about everything that went wrong with Borderlands three, uh, let's instead talk about how Amazon is buying MGM for 8.5 billion dollars. Actually, that's about all there is to talk about. Amazon is buying MGM for 8.5 billion dollars to uh, enhance their movie making capabilities so that prime video can maybe just maybe be remembered. It exists by me. I think everyone else remembers that prime video exists except me. I don't know why my brain is wired this way. I keep forgetting that prime video is a real thing. And apparently I need to watch some superhero show That's on prime video or else I will be ostracized in life. That's just what I hear. That being said, the holy cow, $8.5 billion. That is a lot of money. Now, does that mean that, uh, MGM is going to be making videos for not Amazon. That is going to be interesting. While they're doing that and uh possibly keeping MGM for themselves, that's that's by the way MGM if you don't know that's Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer. The, the, they're the Do you do you remember movies which start off with the lion roaring in a Golden film, re- film wheel. Real wheel. You know that logo. I just poorly explained. That's MGM. I'm not going to lie. I would have forgotten that too. If it weren't to the fact that this article. Has the MGM logo. Right there. Now while. Amazon is doing that. Amazon is getting sued by the. Washington, D.C. Attorney General for anti competitive practices. Oopsie daisy. So here's how this goes. All right. Amazon, at its core, is a marketplace that it itself participates in, which gets awkward. But at its core, for the most part, other merchants sell a lot of their merchandise on Amazon. In fact, I'm going to use the same example I used in the early bird briefing when I talked about this. Let's say I have a used computer company called Reforged Computers, which I did at one point. And that company is selling a whole bunch of, uh, we'll say iPads this time. Let's say I have a pallet. Full of, we'll say in this case, third generation iPads that I want to sell on the cheap, and I've gone through, I've tested them all. They're all fine. All the ones that are scratched or damaged, I put, I put aside and I throw it into a scratch and dent uh, various auctions on eBay because that's how it normally goes. Where all the ones that are in pristine condition are set aside, packaged, and. Put into bulk listings on multiple different outlets, and they all have a piece of software that links them all together. All right, let's say I have a hundred of these. The old Amazon policy on it is that I, if I sell, let's 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 pretend I sell it for one hundred and fifty bucks on Amazon for one of these iPads. I can't then on my own website. Where I have a e-tailer thing. I cannot there sell it for 140 That was against Amazon Terms of Service. That is anti-competitive. And in fact, Amazon was slapped down for that. So they went back. They changed their... Are you kidding me? Anyway, now that we're not being interrupted by phones anymore... So that's how Amazon used to operate. That is, of course, anti-competitive. Now, Amazon has since... No, they no longer have that exact language in their terms of service. Instead, they have basically the same Terms in, but not exactly the same terms. And thus, that is why they are now being sued by the D.C. Attorney General. So, uh, have fun with that, Amazon. Whee! But of course, this does nothing for the people who have to work in the Amazon warehouses. All right. And I always hear a mixed bag about how things are in the Amazon warehouses. You hear all kinds of horror stories about how stressful it is in the Amazon warehouse. I have then also heard from from a lot of other people who actually work in Amazon houses. That not, that's nowhere near that bad. And I don't know who to believe in that. But regardless, Amazon, the company that cares, has got a solution for you. Overworked warehouse employee. They have the Zen booth. Yes, the Zen booth, a small telephone box like device where you can during your break, just go into the bo- booth and find a mindful, peaceful <laughs> place to find your inner uh, Zen. Uh, the, the, the Zen booth, or I'm, I'm quoting the article here from Vice, the Zen booth, or Mindful Practice Room, as it's called, is part of the Working Well program, Amazon announced on May 17th. According to, to an Amazon press release, Working Well is a mix of physical and mental activities, wellness exercises, and healthy eating support meant to help them recharge and re-energize. One of the Working Well initiatives it is Amazon, which guides employees through mindful practices. In individual interactive kiosks at the building according to the press relief so i'm not gonna lie all right um i'm not really much of a actual zen or meditation type person and then on top of all that I have a uh, a minor case of claustrophobia. So every single part about the idea of a zen booth sounds like actual torture to me. I hate this idea and I hate it greatly. I if I was an Amazon employee, which I am not, I would Absolutely hate, underline hate, the thought of using a Zen booth. Of course, using a Zen booth is optional, but I find, like, and I I admit, it fully could just be me, alright? It could could just be me, because the thought of being in a booth and just finding my inner Zen... Just sounds like me taking a couple deep breaths and then pounding the wall saying, let me out. Let me out. I don't know. I'm curious as to what other people think. Someone in the chat did jokingly call this uh, the suicide booth from Futurama. I am 60% positive it's not that. I just I I don't know. This this freaks to me of just a giant uh, You know what this is? This is me unhooking my big D-loop of keys. And jingling it in in front of people, saying, "Look at the keys! Look at the keys! That's what this is. This is a corporate D ring of keys. That's how this comes off to me—a giant distraction." That being said, it did its job. We're talking about it, and we are very confused by it, much like a giant five-pound D ring of keys this brings us though to the last burb, the last story of the day the weirdest story of the week from sky news in the uk an illegal bitcoin mine was being powered from stolen electricity but was originally suspected to be a cannabis farm Look, we thought you were doing this one illegal activity, but it turns out you were just Bitcoin miners. But they were stealing electricity. So originally, a police drone found the unit because they detected a significant heat signature, which of course was an old sign of finding a cannabis farm. But it turns out when they go in there, It's just a bunch of ant miners running. Oh boy. And of course. They just didn't bother trying to cool it at all. (laughs) Zona jet says too bad. It wasn't both. Oh my Lord. I wonder if you could do both. Or would like potentially the, uh, I, I like i I don't know anything about growing cannabis. I have no idea if you like need a humid environment and that would affect the circuitry of the uh of the ant miners that go ahead and mine mine Bitcoin or not. But the fact that they stumble on this thing and really, I mean, there's nothing illegal about mining bitcoins, but the only reason it was illegal was because it was using stolen electricity. I mean that is one way. To make sure that you increase your profits on Bitcoin mining drastically, just use electricity you're not paying for at all. Folks, that is going to do it for this episode of Eagle Eyes on Tech. Thank you so much for listening and well I hope you do check out check out our, our stuff we do a daily podcast the early bird briefing which you can find at anchor.fm slash early burb briefing and check out my twitch page twitch.tv slash eagle falcon take care and I hope you have a great day and make sure that you too do not go ahead and try to mine bitcoin using someone else's electricity and also like don't Broke cannabis I mean check your local laws and whatnot. don't get in trouble because of me and also don't call my cell phone and try to sell me a security system to hang up on me rudely that cause that was the worst part is that we need to channel our inner VG cats. That's what we need to do. We need to find a way, not just to mine for Bitcoin, but to also mine for cannabis and to farm for Bitcoins. That is the real golden ticket to the ultimate in maximizing profits with your stolen electricity. And then just, you know, end up in jail because you're, you know, mining for coin and mining for cannabis and also define the laws of physics. That's probably not good either.